In this episode, we challenge the belief that aging is something to fear, and instead we celebrate the beauty and wisdom that comes with each passing year. Join us as we explore ways to embrace the aging process with grace, confidence, and a positive mindset. Welcome to another episode of Rise, Train, Dream. I'm your host, Tamara Stiles, and today I'm going to be chatting with you about the weird relationship women have with aging. So 40 seems to be the dreaded number. Uh, We're conditioned to have over-the-hill parties. We express old people jokes. We say life starts deteriorating after 40 our bodies start changing after 40 there is a common misconception we've talked about this before that once you're 40 your body doesn't respond to exercise or dietary changes the way that it used to most of the fittest women you guys most of the fittest women if not all of the fittest women i know personally are over the age of 40 myself included and Honestly, I can tell you, I have never been in better conditioning than I am right now in my whole entire life. And if I had believed that, you know, after 40, it's all downhill, your body starts to deteriorate, things don't work as well, your body doesn't respond to exercise, dietary changes don't um, transfer over to body composition changes, um, then I would not be where I am today. Because if you are to believe that, if you truly believe that in the core of your being, that will be your reality. But we're here to change that paradigm because it doesn't have to be that way. And it really isn't that way. When you look around and you see some of these athletes that are over the age of 40, absolutely crushing it. Um, it is very inspirational to me and it should be inspirational to you. So I'm going to get into this podcast. We're going to start with some tips on what you can do as a woman over 40 to stay in tip top shape and just kind of change the relationship that you have with getting older and with aging. It doesn't need to be scary. It doesn't need to be a downhill deterioration of your life. Like I truly start, I believe that once you hit 40, new opportunities start opening up for you. You no longer give a shit what anybody thinks about you. Like there was this term I heard um, somebody I work with at the post office actually had told me this and it kind of stuck with me. She told me this before I was 40, um, but she had said, you know, once you turn 40, something happens in your mind where you just, you call it fuck it 40s. Like you just don't care about the weight of other people's opinions or this or that. And it's really freeing. Like you start actually like living to your full potential and stepping into the person who you have always been. But maybe you were just like too afraid to be that person because fear of judgment, whatever, whatever uh, conditional um, things that we have had put on us from society. And The fitness industry is a big one. Now, women in their 40s know that time is valuable. They don't have time to waste. They want to waste it away, try to figure out things on their own, what works, what doesn't work, how to research. They want the goods. They want the goods and they want someone to tell them exactly how to do it. They have social commitments, a family, work, household things that they need to take care of. And when it comes to fitness and nutrition, This demographic has typically been sold a lie. 
And I still see this happening with regards to how women should train. And we're going to touch base on that today. So typically, like 20 years ago, what was considered ideal was rail thin bodies, bones showing, low rise jeans with the hip bones sticking out, either collarbones are sticking out. These women were typically underweight and underfed. And how women were told to train differed from how men were told to train. And in reality now, it's always been this way, but it's coming to light more that men and women should not really be training any different. Our bodies are very similar with regards to how we gain muscle and how we lose body fat. And in the past, women were told to train HIIT workouts, with cardio, with lower weights, higher reps, aerobics was popular, um, with all with the underlying fear that if you lift a dumbbell that's heavier than 10 pounds, you would get bulky or you would turn into this animal. You'd look like a monster or a man. That's <laughs> just totally unrealistic. And with these fat diets too, like there's the Atkins diet, the fat free, the low fat, the carbs are bad. That is still happening. Like I have had clients of mine where I put them on balanced nutrition. The carbs are, you know, sitting at around 45% of their total calorie intake. And they're like, oh, there's too many carbs. This isn't good. I'm going to get fat. Like that mindset needs to just die. We want to change the mindset to fueling our bodies for performance, not restricting the calories and being so hyper-focused on the macros. Like it doesn't need to be hard. You really don't need to overthink it. And another thing I want you to try and get over is the goal weight. So one thing that I actually had to get over that myself when I was working with my coach was I would ask her what is my ideal body weight? What weight do you want me at when I compete? When I walk out on stage, what is my goal weight? And she never answered me. She never gave me a weight. And she said, well, we don't know because different body compositions hold weight differently. Like 150 pounds on somebody who's 5'6 and has 20% body fat versus somebody that's 5'6", 150 pounds with 30% body fat, those bodies are going to look very different. Everybody is very individual and weight shouldn't be your number one goal. So get over the weight goal. Like it is a tool. It is nice to have that tool or a guideline, but it's definitely not like set in stone. The more muscle mass you have, the faster your metabolism. The more muscle mass you have, the leaner looking your physique is. The more muscle mass you have, improved bodily functions, you're stronger, and you kind of hack your metabolism that way. So how do we get our bodies to burn more calories on its own without doing the extra exercise or the extra cardio? Well, the trick to that is actually eating more and lifting heavy. Yeah, so it was the opposite, basically, of what you have been sold over the last 20 years. So the trick isn't to do tons of cardio and eat less. It's actually eat more and lift something heavier than 10-pound dumbbells. So, yeah, let that sink in for a second. So just think about it. One hour of intense cardio 
So you're burning four to 500 calories. Um, that's a good cardio session for an hour. You could very easily eat that back in 10 minutes with just a few handfuls of some shredded cheese out of the fridge or an extra dollop of cream in your coffee. If you have a cup of coffees a day, it can easily add up to what you've been trying to burn off with a cardio. And when you do those type of exercises, those type of workouts where you're just burning calories, you're not um, lifting heavy enough weights to build any type of muscle, um, you are not hacking your metabolism. What you're doing is you're actually slowing it down because you're conditioning your body to be very efficient at that cardio and you're conditioning your body to run off of as little calories as it possibly can. So it's going to hold on to everything uh, that it can, not being the most efficient when it comes to building out a body. Um, so think that in mind when you want to build muscle mass you're going to have to have more calories than you're burning all right so an easy way to do that when you are pressed for time and you want to make sure that you're doing everything that you can to get to your current like your desired physique um you ditch the cardio ditch the cardio and don't focus on restricting your calories. Actually, here's what I want you to do. It's going to sound totally backwards again. And I'm not saying this stuff to confuse you. Like I want you to win and I want you to have that physique that you desire. Instead of restricting foods or taking things away from your diet, try adding things. So I know it's going to sound backwards, but say you do struggle with getting in your protein. I want you to add an extra 30 grams of protein into your diet somewhere make that a thing that you just do that is your goal add 30 grams of protein or add three servings of vegetables so take whatever you're doing now and then add the, the protein or add the vegetables and what you'll notice is by making room for those other foods the protein the vegetables you're going to have less room in your diet for the stuff that isn't serving you. So, you know, the 30 grams of protein will curb your appetite in the afternoon where you maybe don't have those three handfuls of shredded cheese in the fridge while you're looking for something to make for dinner. Uh, it does have a domino effect that way. And you will notice um, the feeling in your body, like how you feel. So what happens a lot of the time for women is we'll get on a really good routine for a while, six to eight weeks, we'll be crushing it. We'll be at the gym doing those workouts in a calorie deficit, trying to lose some body fat. Um, and then after, you know, six to eight weeks, you see a little bit of progress. You fall off your fitness routine for six to eight weeks. During those six to eight weeks, you may be eating more food, not doing in the workouts. And uh, you're in a calorie surplus, not strength training. So now you're adding body fat to your body so while you were at the gym for those six to eight weeks calorie restricting doing the workouts getting the cardio in you're not building muscle you're actually you know just going there to lose the body fat you're not building the muscle so when you do take that next six to eight weeks off your diet is trash you're not working out you're gaining body fat so what happens is no change, no change in our body. We do this cycle on and off, on and off for the next few years. And then, you know, you're 45 years old and you say, 
oh, I'm just too old. Like, my hormones are out of whack. Nothing works for me. You know, I'm over 40, so my body doesn't change. That is not actually what's happening. It's just that your workouts are inefficient. You're doing it wrong, and you're not getting the results that you want because you're there's a right way and a wrong way, and you're doing it the wrong way. And unfortunately, the wrong way is way more common than the right way. I see this a lot, so... Thankfully, women, typically 40 years or or older, are open to receiving help. And they're more likely to seek out professional advice. They don't have time to meddle around just trying to figure out trying to figure it out on your own. So that is one thing that definitely works for you. And then another thing when it comes to your workouts, we want to obviously have a good workout routine where we're strength training, but life happens and it is important to have a plan B or a backup workout. Say, you know, you have family commitments or whatever, kids, busy life, and you're running short on time, you can't make it to the gym. So instead of just not going that day and knocking yourself out of momentum, momentum is very important when it comes to your fitness routine, um, have something that you can do at home. You can break your workouts up into 20 minute parts, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon, um, maybe with some resistance bands or some body weight or some weights that you have at home. Make sure that you have some sort of a backup plan so that your time management excuse just doesn't fly anymore because you've made it a priority and it's just something that you do. Uh, So no gym, no problem. We don't want those Six weeks on, six weeks off of the gym, um, doing the wrong things while you're in there. You're working hard, but your body is not responding. So a common fear I hear, I hear this a lot, and it doesn't seem to be going away. Um, Instagram, Facebook, social media might be responsible for some of this. You look through bodybuilding pages, or you see these girls that are unbelievably jacked. Keep in mind that a lot of these women have been training for years to look that way and a lot of them are taking performance enhancing drugs. So it's not always a natural look that you see and a lot of the times it's edited. Um, The lighting, there's lots of different ways. Like I can make my picture look 20 pounds different just how I'm standing and how the lighting is and how I'm holding my body. So keep that in mind too. Like what you see on Instagram or what you see on social media is not always real life, but the common fear is I'm afraid to get bulky. Um, If you think of it as, you know, building muscle, think of it as like a paper cut. So you're in the gym, you're training really hard and you have these little microscopic tears microscopic tears in your muscle fibers which is like the size of a paper cut you do that slice your body heals a new layer over that for your next workout like you're going to need a lot of paper cuts you're going to need a lot of reps a lot of sessions it doesn't just happen overnight and you're also going to need a lot of calories so a bit of a calorie surplus so um that is a fear let's put that one to arrest as well that is not going to happen and if it does okay say if it does happen like you look in the mirror and you're like oh I'm getting too jacked which I've never heard anybody say that I've never heard anybody say that oh my ass is looking too round oh my shoulders are looking a little bit too jacked 
um, just tone her back a bit. It's really easy to do that. It's not something that you should ever be afraid of. And that's pretty much the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my whole entire life. So I don't want to hear it again from any of you guys. If you come to a consult with me and you say, I'm afraid to get bulky, you're going to get an earful from me. So that's not going to happen. Uh, mobility is a big one when it comes to not just women, but everybody, as we get a little bit older, as we age, um, you don't move badly because you're old or you're getting old. It's hard to tie your shoes. It's hard to lift things over your head. It's hard to move around. You get poor mobility and poor range of motion because you adapt to poor mobility patterns or pathways in your life. For example, uh, women, we typically hold babies on our left hip. We're doing everything with our right side. And we hold those babies for a long time, years. We have years of holding babies on our hip. And that throws things out of alignment. It changes our mobility patterns. Um, working on things right in front of your face versus above your head or on the ground. We naturally tend to move things so that they're in a more comfortable position for us. Sitting all day as we get older, if you have a desk job or a you know, if you just, you do a lot of sitting, you do a lot of driving, your tight hips um, can be a bit of an issue. Walking in heels can give you poor ankle mobility. Poor ankle mobility will give you garbage squat form. Uh, it'll have you not working through the full range of motion of the movements. Another thing too, old injuries create new pathways in the body. So what I mean by that is say you hurt your back, you know, you're 25 years old, you do something and you throw your back out and your back is sore for a couple of weeks. So during those few weeks where your back is sore, you learn to modify the way you do things. So say you drop something on the floor, instead of picking up that thing up off of the floor in a natural range of motion you might like deviate off to the right side and kind of swing your hips out to the side a little bit so that that pain point doesn't get triggered and after a while actually not very long because it does not take your body very long to discover and create new pathways that will become your new movement so even after your back is no longer sore that is now how you move you stick your hips out to the side, you do this weird little thing as you bend down and pick something off of the floor and that becomes the way you move. And if that becomes the way you move, you know, you hurt yourself when you're 25, by the time you're 40, things are going to be out of alignment. So we want to be uh, very aware of how our body is supposed to move naturally and work through those natural ranges of motion. A trainer can help you with that if you're not sure of what that natural range of motion looks like. Um, but it is pretty obvious to just kind of look in the mirror, see how one side of your body is moving, see how the other side of the body is moving, how that feels, and how that body should move naturally if you weren't sore or if you didn't have any of those underlying um, injuries that you have had. Uh, you'll also have a longer time on earth to injure yourself when you're 40 versus when you're 20. So you've had a longer time to adapt to these different ways of moving, which can contribute to the way your body moves and your recovery. Uh, so your recovery takes work as well. Stop with the excuses. Like uh, if you're like, oh, I can't do... Um, any overhead press because like my shoulder hurts 
okay, that is a legitimate reason to not be able to do the overhead press today. Today, maybe not. But we can work through that range of motion to get that back to a healthy place where that overhead press becomes something that we can add into our fitness routine again. So a common thing I hear and see is people saying they cannot do movements anymore because of da 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 whatever it is. And I myself have even said that at times where like, oh, I can't do this today because it flares up this or it flares up that. That may be true, but I also know that I can work through that to heal that injury, to heal that range of motion, to create those pathways and to make sure things are moving proper again. That is up to me to fix that and correct those pattern movement issues. And focusing on mobility training helps your body become more agile and you become less likely to hurt yourself in the future, which would put you out of commission, work, family, hobbies, the things you like to do uh, for a little bit longer. And instead of just blaming that on age, um, you know, you hurt yourself because you're getting old. Uh, no, you hurt yourself because you haven't been doing the work that you need to do to keep yourself fit. So fix and correct those pattern movement issues before they become a big problem and you start blaming that on old age. Uh, lack of mobility will prevent you from hitting your full potential with your resistance training workouts in the gym. So your range of motion, if your range of motion is garbage in a row, a squat, a deadlift, overhead press, whatever, you won't be maximizing on those lifts and you will be shortchanging yourself with those muscle gains. So work on those limitations by incorporating mobility training into your workouts. Um, we don't really think about this much in our 20s, just like maybe we don't think about the warm up or the cool down or doing all those stretching things that um, typically people aren't making time for. Uh, but generally, throughout the years, uh, we have more time to stack up those injuries. And if you don't warm up, you don't do those mobility movements, you will start to feel in your body uh, where the work needs to be done. And it's not because you're aging. It's just because you haven't been doing the work. Um, so av by avoiding certain exercises, um, there's an old saying, it says move it or lose it. And that is definitely true with these. If you avoid certain movements for a long enough time, uh, your body just will not move that way anymore. And you have to train yourself to get to that basic level of movement or fitness so make sure you are adding that mobility training into your workouts or even just throughout the day it doesn't have to be as part of your workout you can be doing ankle mobility hip mobility shoulder mobility throughout the day um, think about just working through your full range of motion so like when you're reaching up for a cup out of the cupboard um, maybe come up onto your tippy toes, reach, really stretch through the back, extend that arm to their, to its fullest potential and grab that cup with your opposite hand. So you're not your dominant hand, your weaker hand. Just try and make sure you're moving through all of those planes of motion and don't let other people's limiting beliefs stop you from doing something. Uh, we talked about this on a previous podcast where, 
I think it was Des had said, you know, it bothers me when doctors tell their clients not to do something because they tell them not to do something for they might mean a short period of time. Like say the doctor tells their client, you know, no more hiking for you. But maybe they say no more hiking for you for six weeks. But in the client's head, it's like, oh, I can't hike anymore. And then that becomes just they can't hike anymore because their doctor told them 20 years ago that they couldn't do that because they have like some something weird with them. Um, you can do anything. All right. Just don't let other people put limiting beliefs on you. It may take time. It may take a little bit of work, but there is nothing that you can't do if you just decide that that's something that you're going to do. I talked about that at the very beginning of this episode where if you, you know, you let your mindset creep in and you think that you can't do something because your age or this or that, that will become a reality for you, just like other people's limiting beliefs. If you believe it, um, it will be your prophecy. So don't let that happen. And, you know, you have to be consistent. The biggest thing is being consistent. I talked about earlier, like, Six weeks on, six to eight weeks off, not building any muscle in between because you're not doing the right workouts and then you're eating too much on those off times. If you're consistent and you just stay with your workouts and your diet's kind of up and down all over the place, you will put muscle mass on if you're in a surplus. You will lose a little bit of body fat if you're in a deficit. You fluctuate. Your body will fluctuate a little bit naturally through the different times of years, through the seasons. We talked about this in another episode where different seasons of training come into play. Maybe have the seasons work to your advantage. If you know you have a hard time controlling your calories when it comes to like Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, maybe make that time of the year the dark season, as I like to call it. The time of year where you put on muscle mass, you're bulking, you're putting on mass. You're not super, super worried about restricting calories or anything like that. You're just intuitively training and maybe adding some food, adding that protein, adding those extra vegetables to your diet and seeing where you go in the spring. Naturally, eat a little bit less, move a little bit more, and that extra body fat will come off. So that's kind of a cycle. Another thing women need to focus on um, is nutrition. So I hear a lot of clients say, just tell me what to eat. Um, how long before I lose 20 pounds? You know, it's a slow process. We want to increase our food, gain a little bit of muscle, lose a little bit of fat, add a little bit of muscle. It's like, it's not just a continuous thing it's like up and down we go through seasons and um we want to think of long-term goals so I always tell my clients like begin with the end in mind what does the end of your life look like what do you want to feel like what do you want to accomplish what do you want your like how do you want your body to move think about the end keep that in mind and then work towards that so here's what I would suggest you do practice mindfulness around eating turn off the tv get off your phone how do you feel when you're eating how is your digestion how's your mood how's your energy levels how is your sleep and maybe the food isn't as tasty you know if you're adding in those 30 grams of protein or extra three servings of vegetables it might not be super tasty but here's the problem we are con conditioned to value taste and we become bored or 
you know, if the the food becomes unappealing, if they don't hit a 10 on the food flavor scale. So practice eating with no scratch, no distractions, no TV, no phone, and just think about how your body feels while you're eating the food. So many times um, when we are eating foods that are highly processed, I'll give you an example of potato chips. I've definitely done this before where, you know, you, you grab a handful of chips and you put them in your mouth and they taste so good. You've already got the next handful of chips loaded in your hand and you can't finish that mouthful of chips fast enough to get your next hit of flavor. Um, that is something that we have been conditioned to look for in our foods. The flavor pack, especially kids. I mean, I look back to my school lunches when I was a kid and it was like the same thing every day. Like a boring ass sandwich and an orange and like a piece of like some yogurt or something. It was the same all the time. It was not appealing, but you know, you just, you ate it and you were fine with it and it, it was just the food. So try and get away from the need to have that hit of flavor to be satisfied with your food. Uh, when I was on prep, my food was definitely like boring, I would say. But um, I found ways to spice it up, to add a little bit of flavor, to give it a bit of a kick without it being like bad or unhealthy for you. So keep in mind these food companies want you to keep buying their food. And you're not going to keep buying their food if you don't eat very much of it. They want you to crush that whole bag of potato chips in one sitting. Um, so try to eliminate the processed food and try and add some extra vegetables and add some extra protein and what you'll notice is when you add those things to your diet you're not going to have room for that hit of potato chips you're just you're not going to have that craving for it because you'll be full you'll be satisfied um, so think of those things mindful eating adding not subtracting right away and keep your foods to whole foods versus um, processed foods. So try and limit those processed foods. And so just a little recap of the things that we chatted about in this episode. So strength training and adding muscle mass is important when it comes to training, not just in your 40s, but especially in your 40s. Because as we age, we start to lose muscle mass naturally um, if we're not gaining it so let's get those gains get after that mobility to make sure the quality of your life is prolonged and we're not blaming aging for all of these ailments that we just haven't taken the time to go and fix and correct over the years that have creeped up to us and nutrition so stop the restrictive eating the no carb the low cal fat-free diets and stick with balanced foods whole foods all the macros, nothing is bad or off limits. Listen to your body and uh, keep slaying it. I hope you guys got some value out of this episode. And I don't want to hear anybody complaining about how old they are or how their body just doesn't work the same as it used to when they were 20 because it can and it can actually be even better if you ask me so fitter 
faster, stronger, and even look better. Here's to your 40s. Stay tuned. And if you got any value from this podcast, make sure you share it out to your friends, like, and subscribe. Catch you on the next episode. Thanks again for joining us on this fitness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast to stay updated on all things fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, and mindset. Together, let's inspire and motivate others to prioritize their health and well-being. Remember, your support helps us continue bringing you valuable content. Stay fit, stay healthy, and keep slaying.